1979, I was nine years old, and I had this goal uh, to stay up past the 11 o'clock news on Saturday night and, and, and stay up past Saturday Night Live and, and watch what was, uh, at the time, the local horror movie, which was a, uh, uh, a horror movie hosted by a guy named Dr. Madblood. And this is a goal I never actually reached because I, I, I would fall asleep during Saturday Night Live and I would wake up after. And, and that's the story I want to tell because what did happen um, changed my life and it gave my dad one of the larger headaches that he ever had to put up with. So I got jarred awake on this one particular Saturday night by a man on the TV screaming at the camera. And there was some stuff about kiss stealing and jet flying and, and all of that, but then he let loose with the thing that we all know this man for. Woo. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> and then we cut to a heavy synth beat that I'd heard before on the radio or somewhere, and, and it cut to commercial. And, of course, that was the Midnight Express theme. So if you know, then you know that um, that was the longest commercial break of my life. And, and what I had found at the early hour of 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning was Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And that was my introduction to professional wrestling. And this is 1979. And I've been a fan ever ever since of professional wrestling, and and, and you know, no, don't hate. <laughs> I never had the luxury of believing it was ever real, and that was made abundantly clear to me by my dad because he couldn't believe that his son was a fan of that garbage, quote unquote. That, to be fair, in my defense, I wasn't really that stupid to believe that bouncing someone's head off a concrete floor wouldn't hurt them, and frankly, some wrestlers were better at. Uh, than others at making things look real. Uh, the same could be said for, you know, folks behind the camera and, and, you know, the angles that they shoot people at. And, of course, back then, none of that mattered. What did matter, and what has always mattered when it came to professional wrestling, was the characters. Some were good, some were absolutely horrible. Now, of course, the first person I ever laid eyes on, the first wrestler I ever saw and knew this was a professional wrestler, was Ric Flair. I think that was probably the same for a lot of us. After a while, I wasn't so much interested in him anymore, but there were the other interesting characters that I found, like uh, Sweet Ebony Diamond, who, if you know, was a masked character, was actually Rocky Johnson, uh, Dwayne Johnson's dad, The Rock's dad, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Blackjack Mulligan, but nobody ever grabbed me like that first great bad guy, Piper. That was the first guy that I was like, I... I'm an, I love this guy. Uh, Piper hooked, just, they got me hooked on the bad guys for life. And I've never liked the good guys. They were never that interesting. Bad guys were way more interesting to me. Piper, Savage, Snake, Goldust, Austin, Foley, Taker, Taker. Yeah. Punk. And then we come to the news from the past couple of days, of course. Terry Funk. Although I never actually saw him wrestle but once in a dumpster match with Mick Foley at a WrestleMania uh, against uh, my favorite tag team, the New Age Outlaws. But today I want to talk about Wyndham Rotunda, uh, the wrestler known as Bray Wyatt. First time I ever laid eyes on Bray 
it wasn't as the, the Husky Harris character that he had years ago with the, uh, the Nexus, his early days, but as the head of the Wyatt family, which was a, uh, an apocalyptic, charismatic cult leader kind of character. And I could see right away there was a real theater to what he was doing that I was instantly taken with. You, you put some drama and some theater into something, I am instantly hooked. And this is not something you could credit a lot of performers with, but there was a method to his madness. If you listen to him, he let you know why his character was doing what he was doing. Uh, and he was a storyteller. In the same sense that you understand why a Marvel villain does what he does. He's driven by something. There's a, there's a motivation there. There's a, a drama there, some pain in his life, that kind of thing. In an age where, now, back it up a bit. I need you to not take that part for granted because in, in an age where a lot of what you see on wrestling TV is the equivalent of a strip and bang or you know, spot monkeys doing flippy stuff, Wyndham Rotunda gave you a fully fleshed out character with motivation, reason, and movement. and. It's really not hard to see how it came to him because he grew up in the wrestling business. Mike Rotunda uh, was his father. Um, uh, in the WWE, he was known as IRS, Erwin R. Scheister. He was Mike Rotunda. With, he teamed up with uh, oh, one of the Steiners in the Varsity Club years ago in WCW. Barry Windham was his uncle, one of the original four horsemen. I think he was one of the original four. He was a horseman. And Black Jack Mulligan was his grandfather. And I loved Black Jack Mulligan. He was another one of those early guys that, that I just, I liked him. And he had a front row seat. Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, had a front row seat to some of the most memorable people and events in the history of the business. And he must have just soaked that right up. The people that were closest to him have long said he was a never-ending font of creativity, just a stream of consciousness that threw out story upon story upon story, and I believe that. I can also relate to it. And I guess that might be a reason why this particular passing uh, it, it hit different for me. But it's also a reminder that like so many creative geniuses that left us so early, he burned, you know, one of my favorite quotes from, from, uh, Blade Runner, you have burned so very brightly. One of his last bits of uh, merchandise from a vignette marking his return after uh, he got laid off during the pandemic and, they, and he came back. It said, revel in what you are. That hit me powerfully. Revel in what you are. That's how I choose to remember him. I, I've wanted to get a second tattoo for a long time, and that might be what it's going to be. Somewhere on my body. Revel in what you are. That's it for this episode of Rolly. You can follow me on most of the socials. Chris Rolly, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y. One name all the same, if you please. Catch the audio version of The train wreck by searching for Rolly, R-O-L-E-Y, on the podcatcher of your choice. And as always, question everything but the contents of a tuna melt some shit you gotta take on. Stay solid, people.